I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, June 18th, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. After more than 100 new cases of COVID-19 in Beijing, China is on high alert once again. It really strikes um, at the Chinese narrative, which is we got all of this under control. If there are any new cases, they are from foreigners. Uh, If there's one thing that very few foreigners do, it's visit wholesale food markets in Asia. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. It had been 56 days since Beijing saw a single positive case of coronavirus. Now a new outbreak linked to a food market is shutting down schools and events. Chinese officials are taking no chances this time around. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Dean Chang, a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Starting first in Japan, where the capital of Tokyo is reporting just 0.1% of coronavirus antibody tests as being positive. The low rate indicates far fewer asymptomatic carriers of COVID-19 than other locations. It also means if immunity is given to those who have been infected, the vast majority of Tokyo remains at risk. Japan lifted its nationwide state of emergency late last month, though new cases are still being reported. The country has maintained a death toll under 1,000 people, with less than 18,000 total infected. Now to India, that has yet to see a peak in new COVID-19 cases. Yesterday alone, more than 2,000 people died of coronavirus in India, as new lockdowns are being ordered in certain densely populated cities. Germany is urging its citizens, who are currently visiting or residing in India, to consider returning to Europe until the pandemic passes. There are concerns about medical systems becoming even more overwhelmed as new cases spike. Finally, in China, more than 60% of flights in and out of the country's capital of Beijing have been canceled. A new outbreak of cases forced schools to close and new restrictions to be put into place. Authorities are now testing tens of thousands of people who live near a market in the southwest part of the city linked to this new spread of coronavirus. Amid the coronavirus news, China is facing and creating new regional tension that could impact their COVID-19 response. Well, we're seeing, um, according to uh, both Chinese and foreign reportings, uh, over 100 cases with a number of communities going to lockdown, as you've noted. This is Dean Chang, a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. The uh, right now, the claim is that it may have come out of a wholesale food market. Xingfadi, uh, roughly the size of 250 football fields. So this is huge. Uh, this is um, a wholesale food market, um, and it's one of the main supply nodes uh, for Beijing. So um, where this came from, in the sense of was it, uh, you know, the, the epicenter simply means they seem to be able to trace it back to this, but was it somebody who got it there? Was it somebody who got it somewhere else but was working there? Was it um, a case of, again, animal uh, transmission to people there? That part hasn't yet uh, been fully determined. Um, what is striking about this is two things. One, the broad uh, Chinese lockdown. Um, they are not waiting weeks uh, the way they did last time. But also, it really strikes um, at the Chinese narrative, which is we got all of this under control. If there are any new cases, they are from foreigners. Uh, if there's one thing that very few foreigners do, it's visit wholesale food markets in Asia. Certainly. And I wanted to ask you about some of the military action that's taken place in the past few days involving the Chinese. There's a lot going on in the region, and the coronavirus 
like we've seen with many news stories, sort of gets in the way of what otherwise would be massive international stories. Where do you think the focus has been lost this week in terms of some of the action that's been taking place involving the Chinese and their military? Well, probably the single biggest news item is uh, what is shaping up to be a uh, really scary situation on the China-India border. Um, the Chinese and the Indians have a border that has been under dispute essentially since Chinese independ- uh, Chinese uh, founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949 and Indian independence in 1947. Um, they fought a war over this in 1962. But uh, for the most part of the last several decades, it's been people having arguments. In a few cases, there have been shoving matches and the like. But um, about three years ago, um, at the eastern end of the disputed border, they got into rock fights, which sounds kind of juvenile until you realize that these are people who are normally armed with guns. But apparently in the last couple of days at the western end, um, we got to the point where there are now reports of 20 to 40 dead on each side. Uh, people were using rocks, were using fists, but were also apparently using nail-studded gl- uh, clubs. Um, these two countries both have nuclear weapons. Uh, this is a very scary situation which could potentially escalate. Um, the Chinese have also been pushing to the center line of the Taiwan Straits. Um, they apparently were turned back by Taiwanese fighter jets for the third time uh, a little earlier this week. Um, they've also been acting up again in the South China Sea. So basically we're watching across an arc uh, the Chinese military pushing harder to make the point of uh, what is ours is ours, and the rest of the world uh, better learn to accept that. I want to talk about the timing of these Chinese actions. You talked a little bit about efforts by Beijing to cover up their mishandlings in the early days of the COVID-19 outbreak. And then additionally, now this narrative that China is pushing that most of the new cases are coming from foreigners. When you see these internal outbreaks, these domestic issues, do you see the timing of some of these larger military actions as suspicious or linked at all to the domestic coronavirus pandemic that the country is dealing with? I think there's a number of folks who are making the argument, and I can understand them, that uh, this is the Chinese leadership trying to distract uh, the Chinese domestic population uh, from these new coronavirus outbreaks. Uh, As the capital itself goes into lockdown, the argument is we need to basically create this atmosphere of uh, look at look at these threats that are facing us. I think that's certainly one interpretation. Uh, a different interpretation is that this is fairly typical Chinese behavior of when you are uh, weak, appear strong. When you are strong, feign weakness. Um, so I would suggest that it's quite possible that Beijing is trying to intimidate uh, neighbors. Uh, potential threats, uh, obviously the United States would fall into that category, um, because they are facing a major real problem domestically. Uh, The Chinese, like us, are starting to come out of lockdown. Um, Their economy took, for the first time, a 6% hit in the first quarter. I mean, we haven't seen numbers like that in, you know, 20, 30 years in China. Um, So, 
right now, if they are going to have to go back into lockdown, that's going to affect a weak economy. Um, so I could imagine uh, as much as anything else that the Chinese are pushing right now to intimidate the neighbors to say, we, we may be a little bit vulnerable, but we're not that vulnerable. You may think that this is a good time to create problems for us. It's not. So back off. You've been listening to Dean Chang, a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. Some major developments, and you talk about the behavior of the Chinese and the consistency in which they're acting with not only domestic but also foreign affairs. Talk to me a little bit about the thought process from Beijing when it comes to the COVID-19 outbreak. When we're looking at some of the requests that have been made by international actors about access to, for example, this lab in Wuhan that some consider the origin point for the coronavirus or any of the other international investigators that would like to have more access in China to study the origins of COVID-19. Do you anticipate the Chinese will stick to their guns in terms of not allowing international investigators into their borders to research and conduct any sort of questioning about the early outbreak of coronavirus? So I think that, to begin with, uh, we, the West, need to be much more explicit, much more uh, careful in how we describe things. For example, the lab in Wuhan. Wuhan has at least two major bio, uh, biological-related uh, labs. Uh, one is the Wuhan Institute for Virology. That's one that a lot of people have heard of. Uh, seems to have ties to the PLA. Uh, it's a very high security facility uh, in terms of uh, safety measures. Um, but there is also an uh, Institute for Communicable Diseases, uh, which is part of China's version of the CDC, um, which has been looking at coronaviruses, um, not necessarily ones that are transmittable to humans, uh, but a lot of examination of bat coronaviruses, and that's a somewhat lower level um, secure, uh, safety protocols, uh, which is typical for uh, any country, not just China, uh, with regards to um, pure research. So when we say the lab, we need to be much more explicit about which lab we think it might have gotten out from. And by the way, Wuhan is a city of 11 million people. There's at least a dozen universities that have biology departments that may also have been doing research. So again, we need to be careful. Uh, that being said, I think that Beijing is unlikely to cooperate. Uh, it will appear to cooperate. They're very good at that. Uh, but actual cooperation is, I think, unlikely for a number of reasons. Uh, first off, from their view, it didn't come from us. Why are you investigating us? Uh, this is clearly an attempt by the United States and other countries to uh, blame China. Uh, second of all is if there were problems, it would look very bad for the Chinese Communist Party, for party legitimacy. Um, especially with this new outbreak now in Beijing, people might start asking, Chinese people might start asking very inconvenient questions, like how did this happen and who's responsible? Um, and finally, given the economic weakness, if China is found to be a major source problem for things like this, what might that do to supply chains? Are foreigners likely to come back to help staff some of those factories, to help manage projects? Um, are academics going to come back and participate in exchange programs? Are Chinese tourists going to be welcome abroad? All of that has economic as well as policy implications. 
You mentioned the flow of information and questions that residents, for example, might be asking. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about the state of the media and the state of the information flow in China. When these questions are coming up and the questions are being asked about the origins of coronavirus, how directly involved is the state in clamping down on that information? And would residents, for example, who ask about coronavirus or raise these questions face possible criminal liability for doing so? Well, all media, uh, all news media in China is state-owned uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, even the private companies get directives from the Communist Party's uh, Central Propaganda Department. Um, and there are very clearly stories that are not to be covered. Uh, there are spins to be placed on stories, and woe betide the um, entity, you know, social, the uh, news media company that refuses to go along with that. Social media is, there is no Twitter, there is no Facebook, there are Chinese equivalents, they are Chinese companies, and they too know that if you cross the Chinese Communist Party, your existence could be called into question. ISPs um, maintain hundreds, if not thousands, of human censors who go over uh, the internet, uh, who delete emails, who, who read things. That's um, after a lot of things have been filled firewall of China. Um, so all of that adds up to um, a very tightly controlled uh, information um, distribution system. Well, the average citizen get into trouble if they ask questions? It depends. If you go on to Baidu um, or Sinaweibo and say, what is COVID-19? How is it transmitted? No, that sort of thing is probably not going to get you into any trouble at all. If you start asking questions, however, about the Shanghai Public Health Facility, which transmitted a genetic map to Westerners and then was shut down in February for, quote-unquote, um, uh, re uh, reexamination, I think was the term that the Chinese used. Uh, that clearly was something that they weren't supposed to do. If you start asking questions about uh, the doctor who was giving warnings um, and what happened to him and many of his colleagues, that could get you uh, into trouble. So it depends on the kind of question you're asking. Certainly. So there's definitely a red line for Beijing when it comes to questions and information about the coronavirus. Really appreciate your insight on this topic. Dean Chang, a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Dean, thank you again for your time. Thanks again for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.